As the icy wind bites at your cheeks and the sleigh hurtles through the frigid night sky, you find yourselves aboard the legendary Gnomish War Sleigh, a marvel of enchanting engineering. The metallic hum of the warp speed enchantment surrounds you as you traverse the vast oceans of Austera, leaving the shimmering lights of the North Pole Island behind. Your mission is no ordinary one. Kringle, the venerable master of Yuletide cheer, awoke this past frosty morning to a chilling realization. His cherished naughty and nice list, the very heartbeat of his festive operation, has been stolen. And the culprit? None other than King Frost, a malevolent wizard whose heart is as cold as the Arctic winds themselves. In any other year, this would have been the eve of the grand gladiatorial games where mythical creatures battled for the, for the amusement of the North Pole denizens against the fateful gnomish few. But not this time. Kringle, with a furrowed brow and a heavy heart, recognized that his stolen list is more than just parchment and ink. It is the key to joy and wonder that fills the hearts of those deserving and the lump of coal that warns the mischievous. Realizing the dire nature of the situation, Kringle called upon the top gnomish special forces, the Yule Team 6, an elite squad of pint-sized operatives skilled in stealth, magic, and most importantly, the art of festive subterfuge. They were to embark on a daring mission to infiltrate King Frost's lair, the ominous Frostbite Citadel, and retrieve the stolen list before the enchanting clock strikes midnight. And so... Yule Team 6, you find yourselves hurtling across the starlit sky, the gnomish war sleigh weaving through the constellations and leaving trails of holiday magic in its wake. The air tingles with anticipation as you wonder about the challenges that await you within the frosty halls of the Frostbite Citadel. Will you recover the naughty and nice list in time to save Christmas? Or will King Frost's icy grip plunge the world into a winter devoid of warmth and merriment? Only the carefully crafted plans of Yule Team 6 can guide you through this perilous journey. So brace yourselves, for the frosty heist of the century is about to unfold, and the fate of the holiday seasons and children's hearts everywhere rests in your hands. So let's introduce ourselves, uh, the audience. Let's introduce you, the audience, to our players, those who will be a part of the magical gnomish special operatives team, Yule Team 6. So Let's start in my upper left on the Zoom we are in. Neil, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and the character that you'll be playing today. Perfect. Uh, listener, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know who I am. I'm really going to leave it there because my name <laughs> is very complex. It'll be fine. So I am an autonome named H4V4. Um, and for those who can uh, use a little leet, that would be H A V A. Because I am named after none other than Havarti, the cheese. Mm, lovely. Um, which is a wonderful, smooth cheese with rich in taste. But in an autonome sort of spelling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so I have chosen an autonome artificer. And there's a lot that I can do uh, to the point where I am destined to forget many things that I could have done. <laughs> and when we are done with this session, I will think, wow, wouldn't it have been great had I chosen to do those things in those moments, as we, we all feel, I am sure. Yes, as tends to happen in one shots through and through. So uh, let's go to my bottom left. Matthew, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, hello listeners, it's me, Matt Keel, from Detentions of Dragons, a podcast that Woo-hoo. no longer is actually publishing new podcasts, but you can still go on iTunes and download us and learn about teaching and running Dungeons of Dragons with new players and students and 
kids and things like that. So uh, today I will be playing a gnomish druid um, who goes by the name of Camembert, but you could call Bert for short because he's not very pretentious. Uh, my backstory is was is that my heart was too small, but Santa um, convinced me about the spirit of the holidays, and my heart did grow uh, three sizes a larger that day. So I've been pro Santa for a long, long time now. My flaw <laughs> is I do tend to sometimes solve problems with violence <laughs> because uh, I yes. do like to transform into a bear as I am uh, like the moon druid. <laughs> Perfect. Hence why you are on Yule Team 6. This is correct. There you yes. go. This, there you go. All right. And then down in my bottom right, Jeremy, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, Matt, I thought you were going to say that your your flaw is that you now have an enlarged heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to take a lot of medicines for that. <laughs> yeah, it's not you're, right. you're running out to, of time. Yeah, he has oh. to stop every so often just to protect yeah. his heart. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Just a, it's good for like 15-second of... stints. That's about it. Again, we forget to use those skills in battle. We don't know what jokes we should use when we're in the moment. <laughs> um. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Jeremy Cobb. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, you may know me from having appeared on on uh, DM Block from time to time, uh, both as a, a guest host and as an interviewee. But you also may know me from the show Three Black Halflings, uh, a TTRPG slash nerd podcast where we talk about inclusivity and diversity in tabletop role-playing games and nerddom in general. We also do AP stuff, all sorts of different things. Uh, you can find me at Jeremy Cobb 1. This Cobb with two B's is the number one. On Twitter, and I am playing Colby. Uh, he is a deep gnome, arcane trickster rogue who is currently, I think, leafing through uh, as many. He's like wearing goggles and like a little. He's wearing a uh, um, an elf hat, like a classic uh, elf hat, brightly colored, uh, but like strapped around his chin like a flight helmet. <laughs> Uh, nice. And it, I think the inside of it is reinforced slightly. Uh, and it's got, like, the old-timey, old like, flight helmet ears coming down over his cool. ears. Uh, and he is wearing goggles and currently looking through all of the literature that we have on uh, King Frost's abode so we can get as much intel as possible. Nice. Perfect. Also, dear listeners, if it hasn't been said before, and it has, I know it has, I'm, I was the one that said it. We are, we're still trying to make it happen. We're trying to make Fetch happen. Where if you are a Three Black Halflings listener and a Dungeon Master's block, you are affectionately referred to as Blocklings. From henceforth, shout out Blocklings! Uh, shout out to the Blocklings and say hi. Say hi in the whatever comments you have access yes. to <laughs> <laughs> at your family party, wherever. I'm a Blockling. Just shout it out yeah. in hey, the supermarket. If if any if I <laughs> a fantastic disruption tool. For that conversation, you don't want to be happening at the holiday party. Just shout, I'm a blockling, and I'm sure the conversation will change. Hi, if you want to hear about my extremely niche D&D podcast, um, <laughs> why is everybody Perfect. leaving the party so quickly? Guys, let me just tell you, Thacko had some good ideas. Again, it's reverse numbers. It doesn't really make any sense. It kind of contradicts your natural inclining towards like how things should go but there's a lot of good ideas launch into an impassioned defense of fourth edition and how it's technically the most balanced version of the game <laughs> from a mechanical standpoint 
All right, perfect. Uh, so now we know Yule Team 6, you are hurtling through the skies on your Gnomish War Sled. And so as the Gnomish War Sled glides through the frozen night, you feel the subtle change in the air. Uh, the warp speed enchantment begins to slow, and the metallic hum diminishes coming from the sled, allowing for an eerie silence of the Arctic night to fill your ears. Ahead on the horizon, an outline of a massive structure and island you can see in front of you floating through the sky. It begins to materialize through the swirling of snowflakes uh, that have begun to pick up. The Frostbite Citadel stands tall and foreboding against the winter sky. Its icy spires pierce the heavens and the entire fortress seems to emanate an otherworldly chill. Uh, the moonlight reflects off of its crystalline surfaces, creating a dazzling display of dancing lights that glint like stars trapped in an icy embrace. As you approach, uh, the details become clearer. The citadel is a masterpiece of frozen architecture with intricate patterns etched into the ice like ancient runes. Massive gates adorned with frost-covered gargoyles stand closed, guarding the secrets within. Frozen battlements line the outer walls, giving the, frost, or the fortress an almost impenetrable appearance. The wind howls around the citadel, carrying with it the haunting melody that seems to echo through the frozen spires. As you draw closer, the gnomish war sled descends gracefully toward a designated landing area, a snow-covered plateau just outside uh, the imposing gates. And so the sleigh touches down softly, leaving a trail of magical sparkles in its wake. And before you stretches the entrance to the Frostbite Citadel, its gates looming above you like the gates of a winter realm. Yule Team 6, you have arrived at your destination. What plans would you like to try to enact to get the Naughty or Niceless back from the interiors, the depths of the Frostbite Citadel? Okay, um, okay. Uh, this this is going to maybe be my character voice. That's right. It's me. Right? <laughs> um, question. Uh, I'm not too smart like you guys are. Uh, you being a little robot gnome and you being like a cool mastermind. But I, uh, I was maybe wondering, like, could could we just like go go in there and kill him? Or is that maybe a bad plan? I don't think this is quite that kind of operation. Oh, it's not, it's not that Just kind of operation. Three, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm looking at the three of us, okay. and I'm looking at an entire fortress. And unless that fortress houses a single guy, and that one guy is in fact not King Frost, but is instead some sort of reindeer or other otherwise easily killed opponent... I don't think that would be a good So we're plan. not, we can't just kill the Frost King. Like, is that, is his power level too high or something? Uh, do I have any access to literature on the Frost King? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you would, you would have, one, you would have heard as a gnomish child the sorts of like, like the almost fairy tales about the, the Frost King of like, he is like the exact opposite of Santa. Like Santa gives out coal to like the children who are naughty, but like King Frost is, He's just basically pure evil. Like, he's the one that's, like, causing children to be naughty, like, whispering in their ears, like, in the middle of the wind. Like, that's sort of the imagery that you have of King Frost. Like, this sort of, like, ethereal creature that just kind of floats through the air, causing all sorts of mischief and mayhem um, in the lives of children. You you have heard the stories as you've gotten older, as also a Yule Team 6 member about the Frostbite uh, Citadel. It's filled with all sorts of traps, from what you understand, creatures of all sorts of icy origins. 
And what you have learned is that the Frost King is a icy, ethereal, specter sort of creature that resides within uh, its confines somewhere. You've heard rumors of a treasury or a hoard or like a vault kind of in the caverns below the Frostbite Citadel. But whether there's, you don't exactly know if there are entrances outside or secret passageways or anything like that. Or if you have to kind of go into the Citadel to find them to begin with. Then I think I would look at Bert and say, Bert, you've heard the legends, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like a, he's a specter. He, he like wanders the world telling yeah. kids to do bad things like yeah. buy NFTs and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> ruin their lives. Them. Invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Does that sound like the kind of diabolical evil that we could overcome? Well, I got an inflated sense of ego, so uh, <laughs> yes, but you know what? You know, I do think that we got to really get that naughty list, that good, like, naughty and nice list for Santa, and because I love Santa, and I guess Santa did ask us not to murder his enemy, but, like, to get the list. So you're right. I got to stay on task. You're right. We got to use, I guess, stealth. Yeah. I, I respect your self-awareness. <laughs> but I will turn into a bear if I need to. <laughs> Absolutely fair. Okay, he's a, great. He's a low threshold. Uh, how tall are the walls? Uh, they're probably about 15 to 20 feet tall on the outside of them. So you can tell that, oh, I don't know what a shorter, H4. We'll just call him H4. There you go. Uh, and he's doing calculations on his arm, going back and forth. He's like, oh, I can get us over the wall. That's fine. I can do it. You mean you could just like throw us over the wall no 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 no. i have a rope I oh okay. oh you have a rope yeah, I, I thought you had a mechanical man i thought you had springs or something yeah no no, no but you'll be surprised it's a cool it's a really cool rope i got i have one though uh before we go over the wall there's one thing i need to take care of very quickly i have like a little gift bag that santa gave me and i reach in take some dust and sprinkle it over myself and i will use my spurf neblin magic to cast non-detection on myself uh, which means that I cannot be targeted by any divination magic whatsoever ah, nice. or perceived through magical scrying sensors. Uh, so I, at least, will be completely <laughs> undetectable uh, by any scry sensor, anything like that, uh, that's up. Uh, I'll, I'll look at the group and say, okay, I think going over the wall is a great idea. Do we want to maybe scout at the top of the wall just to see so we're not jumping over and it turns out that the the king frost has 50 dogs just standing right there ready to attack us yeah yeah i think that that seems like a good idea perfect so we'll go we so we'll move over to the wall i don't know i'm just trying to come up with a dumb activating word for my item um i I say (laughs) havarti and then uh a rope uh, comes out of my pack on its own and s- basically slithers up the side of the wall Ooh. and ties itself to the top. Oh uh, my how, how tall is the wall? That's uh, like 20 feet tall or so. Uh, dill pickles. And then you see knots form at um, uh, one foot intervals um, because as part of my artificer, I chose the rope of climbing. Nice. Uh, so now we would have advantage checks on climbing uh, and then I can activate and take it back with us in case we need it. Perfect. All right. So you are trying to get to the top of the wall. Who's going first? I'll go first. Nice. Since I'm a, I can turn into a bear. <laughs> um, do I need to make a climb check? Yes. Yes, you do. Make a make like a athletics check for me. On uh, that one. Nice. You do have advantage. Oh yes, you do have advantage. Yes, yes. Because yes. the rope. Yep. Oh my gosh! Thank you. 
This is athletics check of... 12. Nice. Yeah, with the rope, with the knots, you feel the icy wall is very slippery. And so you, it does take you a little bit, about halfway up the wall, you finally start to like get your bearings about how to climb up the wall, but you do make it up to the top of the wall. So you are the first one up to the top. Do you want to do anything when you're up at the top? Yeah, I want to make a perception check to look for these 50 dogs. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Uh, 21. You look out at the courtyard and you... <laughs> see that kind of patrolling the courtyard there aren't icy dogs but what appear to be these floating ice wraith ish type creatures almost not not wraiths but like ice losing the words for it, but like dragon sort of like the icy nagas i think is what they're called like the the snake things that kind of float through the air they're kind of patrolling back and forth and you see a good like four of them that have you don't quite know the pattern yet, but you can see them on the inside of the courtyard here. And it's probably about another 50 feet across the courtyard before you would get to like the entrance of the um, Frostbite Citadel from where you are. Okay. I'm going to try to gesture with my hands. I'm going to make four and then like, dra- like, rah, rah. like I'm going to make like a <laughs> dragon looking like scary mouth thing. I would like to then cast message and say, what? <laughs> and you can just answer back and no one can hear you except me. Sure. Uh, there's four icy Naga type things up here in the courtyard. Uh, I'll relay that also uh, to to H4. No, oh, I thought he was dancing. Okay. <laughs> He's all 4-4 four, four beat. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. DM, is there any way that we could like ascertain the uh the capabilities of these creatures like how because obviously they're probably scary and dangerous but like are we talking like basically is it like does can any of us recall any information about how good they are at sensing things what might be a weakness etc anything like that yeah yeah you could you could try and roll either like a history check if you've heard stories about these things arcana check like a nature check if you want to try and learn maybe a little bit about um, these creatures. We'll just assume that like you both make your way up to the top as well. Not going to make you guys roll um, to get up to the top. But yeah, once you guys are up there, you're kind of like peering through over the top of the wall, kind of trying to keep your your distance and stay hidden. But whoever wants to roll, like if you want to roll a nature check or like a history check or whatever you want to try and convince me is uh, deemed worthy of trying to discern information about these creatures. I would like to give the help action, if possible, to like look through the literature that we've been given to try and support somebody else on a check and give them advantage, if possible. Yeah, I can do Arcana or History. Um, those are my my gym jams. Or and then Colby, do, Colby, you want to go up? I'll I'll take the I'll bring the back end of the rope up with me. Yeah, no problem. I uh, just ride the rope up. Yeah. Also, that's in hindsight, we could totally have done that. I don't even think you really needed to make a climb check, uh, but you were just highly motivated. But it can carry it can carry three thousand pounds, and <laughs> oh I can gosh. just have it move. I can just have it move. So in hindsight, like you just climbed up, and then Colby and I just like had it pull us up, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I just kind of I just kind of look at you. I'm like, I just shrug. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then I went with Arcana, and then I got a 22, thanks to the help action. You recognize that these are creatures made entirely out of ice. They look very similar 
like there's no flesh on the outside of them. They just have like their skeletal structure that just kind of slithers through the air. They're not on the ground. They're just like maybe three feet off of the ground or so slithering. Um, you can see that their eyes are lit up like a, a light icy blue color. And they seem as you're looking at them, they seem to be peering really intently in whatever direction they're looking in as if they might be trying to see things that might not be there they're gonna see two of us <laughs> do you tell us what you what you uh realize what you ascertain yeah so actually i was thinking like i have like a little display on my arm and it's almost like a like a pokedex entry um that i kind of show you and then ice naga the ice creature <laughs> the ice snake try and turn it down um no 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 uh yeah so i relay that like if there's a different way we could go we should because i feel like if they see us they'll attack uh me and bert and not colby and i'm worried about that (laughs) well i mean they can still see them right like divination is not like my eyes don't divinate the world around me like the eyes just see things i think they could still see them Uh, that's that's true they would they would still be able to see me unfortunately but i have an idea i have an idea I don't know how smart these things are, but we might be able to trick them. What if we set up an illusion to or some something to attract them to a spot and then hide fire underneath them so that they get melted like a bonfire that we create underneath them while oh, yeah. they're trying to see something and we just melt them? Yes. Violet. I love it. <laughs> just like Santa prescribed. <laughs> I mean, Santa last year's one shot was Santa creating a gladiatorial arena. (laughs) So, you know, just for all the gnomes to blow off steam the day after Christmas. Yeah, then we played um, as uh, reindeer. Yeah, you were reindeer. Yeah, you were some of the the bad reindeer. That's right. Okay, well, I have an idea then. Okay. Um, So I didn't think to describe it, and it seems really weird until this moment. It didn't seem weird up until this moment. Um, but I, I kind of open my chest uh, and I pull out a little oh, dude, figure. Come on. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Bender. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's like Bender. So, <laughs> so in my hand, I have a tiny construct uh, because I also, as my infusion, I chose a homunculus servant. Okay. Which is, I just created a, you know what? I created a smaller version of myself. <laughs> myself. It, like, ident- it is identical to my appearance and it is just, and I call him little buddy. Did you just give birth? Oh, I guess in some way I did. I did. <laughs> Congratulations. I don't know how to say no to that. I think I did. I'm to so be, happy for you. To be I born on, on Christmas the Eve, the greatest present. Yes. <laughs> I call I call him little buddy. Oh, little buddy. Yes. Little buddy is blessed. Blessed by Kringle himself. Oh, little buddy's very blessed. Watch this. And then wherever you pointed for him for him to go, he goes. Uh and then uh, as a distraction, uh, I will cast Magic Missile out from him, um, and I think it will draw their attention. <laughs> what are you casting Magic Missile at? You're just, like, shooting the it darkness. into the... darkness. Oh. No, I'm <laughs> casting... <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you for the setup. Uh, I knocked it right down. Uh, well, I was going to cast it at those things, because aren't we trying to draw it to, like, a specific spot? I don't know what your plan is. I heard you were going to cast an illusion and then could do a bonfire, and then you threw your little buddy down and shot Magic Missile, so I have no idea what you guys are doing. 
basically what Colby's trying to suggest is trick them into like being a like very fascinated and interested in something that so they don't necessarily realize they're being cooked and like cast a spell underneath them uh which I can help disguise I can help disguise that okay so the throwing little buddy down there is part step 1 of the yeah. of of the plan okay cool got it yeah, I mean, Neil, you you throw little buddy, you point, I mean, I'm assuming in a direction away from where you guys are for him yep. to go. You're casting magic missile at one of these things? Well, I mean, do we do we want to cast magic missile immediately? Because I feel like we still need this bonfire and this minor illusion. I feel like it is, a, I feel like the magic missile should be part two of this okay. holiday surprise. Yeah. Maybe just have him make a lot of noise. Yeah. Okay. He hops down and starts banging on his chest and belly flopping in the ground, doing whatever it is that little buddy does to draw a bunch of attention. And you see, yeah, he's a two-year-old, right? He's just throwing all sorts of tantrums. He's brand new. He's figuring out the world. And you just see and hear this just like hissing sound through the air as all of these like ice nagas turn and you just see them slither through the air over towards this thing. They're not quite there yet, but what do you guys want to do while you see little buddy has now drawn the attention of these ice nagas their way? Jeremy, do you want to cast some type of minor illusion and then I'll cast a bonfire within it? I would love to do that, but I do not have the spell minor illusion. I do have uh, prestidigitation, which I can use to, uh, let me see, an instantaneous harmless sensory effect clean or soil something, non-magical, an illusory image that can fit in my hand, so that's not going to be large enough. Does anyone have minor illusion? I think I have minor illusion. It's not concentration, right? It It is... It's last one minute. Yeah, it's not concentration, is it? It's it's just, a, it's just a spell, so you could theoretically cast minor illusion and then cast create bonfire inside of that, right? I... You know what? Will the DM allow it? Sure. It's a one-shot. Let's have fun with it. Let's go for it. So I am going to uh, create uh, a minor illusion of a like a small Christmas present, and then within it, I am going to also use the cantrip bonfire. Nice. And what I would like to do is sneak up to within ten feet of these things, so that I can press to digitate coldness onto them, so they do not feel themselves being melted. <laughs> they feel as though everything is still cold, but they're actually being melted by the bonfire. Perfect. Okay, so the present is getting... Your, how are you getting the present down there? Uh, magic. <laughs> I think you can just cast it there. You can yeah, cast it I there. Think okay. minor, yeah, I can just cast a minor illusion there. Got it. So. Okay. Okay, so you're casting minor illusion down there. And then who's casting the bonfire inside of the... I'm also casting the bonfire. Oh, you're doing both of those things. Okay, cool. Yes. Got it. Okay, so you're casting that down there. Is this right next to Little Buddy? Like, is this where... It's right oh, yeah. It's right next to Little Buddy, but not burning Little Buddy, because I do respect him. Got it, okay. Uh, yeah, so they, they kind of come around. Colby, you kind of, like, hop down into the snow um, on the other side of the wall, and it's about, like, two feet deep in there. So it's, I mean, it's getting up there for you as a, as a small gnome. Like, you're just kind of, like... Maybe peeking. Just how I like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just trudging through. Just like through. Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> just with my little hat peering just, above. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jaws music starts playing. Um, <laughs> Colby, 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 Colby. 
Sweet. So yeah, you get within ten feet of these things. They are just about to. I mean, they—they seem to have no mercy. They are launching into little buddy, and all of a sudden, this present boop, like appears right next to little buddy, and then boop, explodes into a roaring bonfire uh, next to them. Colby, you at the same time are casting coldness. Press yeah, press the digitation on them. On them. them yeah. Yep. Keep them cold. So, or make them feel cold anyway. Does Bonfire have a stat for how much damage it does? I don't think it does. Yes, it does. Bonfire does. Does it? Okay, Um, cool. Yeah, I think it's... Let me double check. Yeah, it'd be 2d8. When you reach... Yeah, fifth level, it's 2d8. Okay, cool. Roll the damage for me. Five and one, six. So, yeah, you just... You see this Bonfire, and they, like, notice it, but they're, like, not phased by it but you can clearly see that these things uh are starting to melt although they do not know it yet at this point h4 what do you want to do for little buddy because the bonfire has happened but little buddy is still there and you see that the ice nagas are about to strike at h4 you just cool with like sacrificing your child you just gave birth to on christmas eve absolutely not uh (laughs) This feels like a really stupid idea, so let's go. Uh, little buddy goes, no! And then claps his hands together and shoots uh, Thunderwave out. Okay. Uh, he got real scared. <laughs> and then okay. shot Thunderwave out right. at them. All right. Uh, I need to make a dexterity saving throw for these things, I'm assuming. No, uh, Consti- Constitution 15. Constitution 15, okay. Four of them. First one makes it. Second one does not. Third one does not. And fourth one does make it. Okay. So two of them made it. Two of them did not. So let me know what happens. So they'll take nine damage and the ones that failed go backwards 10 feet. Got it. Okay. Two of them. Yeah. You just see just go flying backwards. They aren't dead, but they are. There are like parts of their like rib cages that come flying off as they go flying backwards. The other ones have parts of their skull and their rib cages coming off and still melting all at the same time. They are not looking great, but they are not dead yet. So uh, I'll have you guys, if you wouldn't mind, rolling for initiative for me at this point. And the Ice Nagas will immediately be at the front because you guys kind of already had a little bit of a round here. But just give me your rolls when you when you get them. That's a natural 20 for me for 23. Sweet. Nice. I am close behind at 20. 22. Oh nice. my goodness. Yule, Yule team, team 6. six. Well, they, all, yeah. they all get to go first, so we wasted our high rolls. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They might have been able to go twice for all we know. You know what? Fair. So the two that are right next to H4 are going to try and bite into... You mean little buddy? Or, sorry, yes, little buddy. What's little buddy's AC? It's a mere 13. Uh, one of them will hit him. Uh, the other one misses dreadfully, doing three points. Or sorry, six points of piercing damage and two points of cold damage to him. The other two very quickly look at the bon- They start to slither back, look at the bonfire, and then they start scanning around the courtyard, looking for where this came from and can they see the bonfire isn't it inside of the illusion oh it is it oh it's inside of the illusion it's in a box got it 
So it's just a hot box. So <laughs> they are hot boxing down there. No. Uh, so what they do then? Thank you. What they do is they look back at the box and then they start looking up around. And Colby, should I roll a stealth? Yes, roll a stealth for me. They are going to roll some perception checks to see if they see anyone. All right. Uh, let me see. I don't think this is a any uses any action economy. I would like to use my Sferf Nevlin camouflage to give myself advantage Sweet. on this check. Yeah. Uh, just blend into the snow. You just my natural, like, look, you just just like, looking like a down. rock. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, okay, that is a dirty 20. Okay. One of them continues to like look all over the place, and one of them kind of sees you like duck down, and you see like at the last second it like locks eyes on you and starts coming your way. So by the time it gets to you at the start of its next turn, it will it'll be able to get towards you, but it's heading in your direction. Okay, after that we have uh, Colby. You are up. Hey, can I interrupt for one second? Yes. Did the Nagas that are by like around the bonfire did they move they're like right up next to h4 or little buddy at this point so oh, okay they so they're not in the bonfire still taking damage no 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 they they moved a little ways away to Rats. get to yeah okay yeah i mean it, I, they are vulnerable to fire so that was a great idea so it's great so okay colby you are up okay then what i would like to do is however far this guy is i would like to uh, take out my flask of oil and throw some of it on him sure. and then very quickly take like light uh, a match for my candle and then rather than using it to light my candle uh, actually no I will sing uh, I'll go silent <laughs> night as I just like uh, light the candle uh, and then uh, graciously just pass it to the Naga so that it catches fire uh, but I would like to set the Naga on fire absolutely go for it yes roll roll some damage for me Okay, what would what would you want that to be? I, would I don't say actually know. Do it like um, an alchemic or like an alchemist fire vial, which I think is like a D six or a D eight or something like that. Let's just go with a D eight. That's fine. Let's just go with that. Okay, that is six six points of fire damage, which I guess might be doubled. <sighs> just lights him on fire, and you see a large amount of him just melts down. But he is like barely hanging on, coming towards you. He is a a frail icicle of what he once was, like in a spring frost. Or a spring okay. spring thaw, rather. Yes. I assume that that's my action then, right? Yes, that would be your action. Yep, to use Okay. The, yep. As my bonus action, uh, well, I would like to duck just into the snow and start trying to swim away through the snow <laughs> and roll a stealth check Sweet. to get out of, so I'm out of view and I'm able to hopefully get away Absolutely. from it. Absolutely, go for it. Um, stealth check, here we go! Yes, that is a 25. Got it, Perfect. Sounds good. I'll keep that in mind for their next turn. All right, Bert, you are up. Okay. Um, Is it bear time? The rage fills inside of me. I have, when I was looking at my character sheet, I have a few things. I have, my heart grew three sizes. Uh, my my name is pretentious, but I am not. And I have, I bite the hand that steals from the children. So I look at little tiny, small Havarti, and I just like, this like, there's this flashback to on the war sleigh, and I'm like, could I kill them all? Could I kill them all? And Colby's saying, like, you gotta use a little stealth. And and then it just, like, it just all turns, like, my vision turns red. I wild shape into, <laughs> unfortunately, 
I can't do a polar bear yet, because that's level, that's a second challenge rating. So I'm just going grizzly bear on this one. So I do transform while, uh, as a bonus action into a grizzly bear, and I am going to charge, well, not officially charge, I'm going to move to the closest one. And I want to start doing some attacks. Yeah, the closest one the closest one would be the one that's by Coldy at this point now. But thankfully, you had in your earlier years as a gnome, you had witnessed a uh, albino grizzly bear. So ah, it's, yes. it's all white yeah, and it's, so it's okay. Okay, so I'm an albino I looked grizzly it up. bear. They look really cool. They're I assumed it, you know, because it's it's a recessive gene, and so then I looked it up, and uh, albino grizzly bears look really cool, and so now that's, of course, what you look like. <laughs> okay, I'm doing albino grizzly bear. So yeah, so I'm going to go to the closest one, and uh, I have a multi-attack, so... Yeah, it's a super cool transformation, jumping off of the wall into albino bear, charging towards Ice Naga. Yeah, so I'll do my bite attack first. Oh, plus nine to hit? Heck yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Wait, yeah, 15? Uh, 15 hits. Let me do a D8 plus 5. Uh, six points of damage. Okay. You jump down. You, you see this Ice Naga start on fire. Colby, like, almost just get, barely gets out of the way. Colby, you're, like, looking up as you're starting to stealth, and you just see this massive bear just lunge over where you are, and you hear the shattering of the Ice Naga uh, in front of you. And you kind of like poke your head back up and there's just this massive albino grizzly bear that you've seen a couple times before being on Yule Team 6. But the Ice Naga that was in front of you is no longer, no longer an Ice Naga. It is now just melted water in Bert's mouth. All right. Can I use a claw attack on like an adjacent one? The other, there's two of them by the, by H4. And then there's another one that is a little bit further away. You might have to move slightly in order to get okay, there. Okay. Can but, I still move there? Yeah, that's fine. You okay, can move up to it. Go. Cool. So yeah, I'll move and then I'll make a claw attack against the other one. Yeah. The other one, the other Nagas are kind of like 15 feet off to your left now. And this one is kind of coming this way as well, but. Okay. And that would be a 17. Sweet. 17 hits. This is 13. Colby, you're kind of watching all of this from, like, a distance. You just see the albino grizzly just running towards this other one. Claw through, and you just see pieces of ice knock just kind of spray off into the distance. And, Bert, you kind of turn and set your gaze on the next set of ice nagas over by little buddy over there. Sweet. Anything else you want to do on your turn? That'll be it. Sweet. Uh, H4, what are you doing? You're still up on the wall. You're observing all of this. You watch the sick transformation into albino bear down there. So how far away am I from the other two that are um, by little buddy? You're probably like 40 feet away from them at this point. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I figured it would. Yeah. So that's within range. Um, so then uh, the, the camera pans over and you can kind of see like my back's up against like the the top of the wall and I've got like a finger gun and I'm holding it. Uh, and it it looks like you're your kid classically playing like he's a spy. Yeah. Um, and then I pop over the top and a, a ball of lightning fires out <laughs> of the tip of my finger. Um, and because I chose the infiltrator armor, lightning launcher. Nice. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to shoot uh, once. Uh, and I got a 18 to hit. 18 hits. Six damage on the first one. Okay. Um, because we're level five, I get to go again. 21 to hit. 21 hits. And this one's looking real bad. You can see, like, the electricity kind of course through its body, and it kind of becomes this mesh of, like, light blue ice and yellow electric. It kind of makes, like, a cool, like, um, like 
dancing effect inside of oh, nice. uh, the Naga. It's kind of cool. So it does the second hit, did eight damage as the second ball of lightning fires out. But the second ball of lightning comes and it just is too much. You see it start to reverberate and just ice shards go everywhere. Perfect. The, the, camera, the camera pans back in and as my bonus action, I'm going to take a third shot. Okay, before you do that, I need little buddy to make a dexterity saving throw for me, though. Sorry, it uses a weird term. It, it uses PB. Oh, yeah. Which makes you think peanut butter all the time. But like Efficiency bonus. Oh, needs, yeah. to, needs to make a 13. Needs to make a 13. I just realized we're one level away from you having, what, Flash of Genius. Oh, brutal. Yeah. So, thir- 13, so 13 on the die, plus 2. Um, so, I got a uh, little buddy got a 15. Um, and luckily, little buddy comes with evasion. He comes with evasion. Uh, nice. So he would he would t- have taken four points of damage. So then he will take two because he halved it. But then evasion does that make it, it make it all nothing. of it? Yeah. Right? Okay. Cool. So you just see this like cool like neo effect of like little buddy just doing these sick automaton moves to get out of the way of the ice shards. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So he jumps behind this rock and it the camera cuts and then it's it's it looks like me again holding that pose behind the rock. And then it leans out and fires, but it's not me with the camera pants. It's little buddy, and he learned he learned from me, and so he's gonna shoot his own little uh, lightning ball. It's much weaker than mine, so it makes it <laughs> funny to me. Um, but yeah, he pops out and does the exact same move that I did. Sweet. Um, and he will get. Oh, nice! Uh, he got an eighteen to hit. Oh, 18 that's eighteen hits. on the die. So yeah. Um, yeah, that still hits. He will do. <laughs> he will do. Half as much, but uh, <laughs> uh, D4 plus my proficiency. Oh, nice. Six damage still. Nice. Same thing. To a lesser degree, it's like a it's like a little rave party in front of him with the Ice Naga. It doesn't quite go all the way through the Ice Naga's body, but as you can kind of see the electricity dissipate from inside of it, it does not look great. You can start to see fractures throughout um, its skeletal structure. Anything else you or little buddy want to do on your turn? All right, sweet. Back up to the top. As a last-ditch effort, he is going to look at little buddy, and his eyes are going to just emanate this frosty gaze. I need little buddy to make a constitution saving throw for me. What is his hatred for little buddy? I'm a bear, and he's like, no, I'm going to attack this doll. Well, you're also behind him. Like, he has not seen you oh. yet. Yeah, you're, oh, he's like fair, 15 fair. feet away from you. Yeah, Gotcha. And little buddy just shot him with electricity. So I got a thirteen. Fair, fair <laughs> he's he's pulling pullin aggro right now. I got I got a thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, he feels just this, and being like tied as you are as now a new father or a new mother, whatever you are as an automaton, a new automaton parent. There we go. You feel this deep sense of cold radiating through little buddy's body, but somehow, and then as a proud parent, you're just like ah, oh, you watch him shake it off, and you. Th- thought it might have been extremely dangerous for little buddy in the moment but he is okay he's deeply chilled but he is okay for the time being we will then go to colby you are up you're about 20 feet away from this this ice naga and little buddy and the bonfire present and that, which means that gives you sneak attack because little buddy's right there exactly and well i'm also i, I i'm pretty much not seen by this guy right i got a 20 yeah you're in, yeah you, he, yeah he's not looking at you at all then I would like to rise up out of the snow uh, like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now, uh, like somehow wearing full like 
camo paint, uh, but it is all red and green uh, camo paint uh, with some silver like uh, highlights uh, and accents amongst it. Uh, with my short bow, and I'd like to attack. Uh, well, you just press the digitation on yourself, right? That's what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I exactly. pressed digitated a full face of camo Christmas <laughs> yes. Eve paint uh, and rise up and take a shot at at this guy. I guess with advantage. I presume. Yes. Yep. That's a natural twenty. Ooh, oh my gosh, that's excellent. So you rise up, you shoot, you, you have a bow, right? Shooting your arrow at him, sweet. Describe to me what happens as you slay this creature, this ice creature, with your natural 20 bow shot. As I'm, like, rising up, uh, there's, like, a strong smell of cinnamon on the air as my <laughs> eyes inside of the goggles widen and dilate, and I start, I have a flashback to, there's just, like, you hear, like, jingle bells, like the sound of <laughs> sleigh bells, but, uh, like, screams, uh, cries, somebody, Mama! Somebody's like, Santa, no! Like, all of these sounds oh as I'm, like, flashing back to so many moments, and I'm like, just one more. Uh, and I fire. Uh, oh, my gosh. I release, uh, and it just flies forward, and... Does Yule Team 6 come with counseling for our gnome friends? <laughs> As this thing shatters, uh, I I say to myself, I love the smell of eggnog in the evening. <laughs> nice, nice. I need little buddy to make a dexterity saving throw for me, as well as Bert, as well. Since you're, oh no, Bert, you're not over there yet. Just just little buddy. I what was to... the what was the DC? Thirteen. Yep, fourteen. Uh, so so since he, same thing and, happens. Since he saves, and it means I take no damage. Uh, little buddy, as the, all of the ice um, rains down and glitters, he's just out in the middle of it, just dance, just dancing through it, because he he's having a great time. He is yeah. completely unawares of the situation and the dire straits that he has found himself in. He just thinks this is a great time. Yeah, exactly. This is called rough and tumble play as parents that builds trust in the midst of danger for little children. You know, you know, just most parents aren't bringing their kids into battle. You know, they're like throwing hmm. them up in the air, but it's fine. Yeah, so you guys, you watch them all dissipate. And not more than four or five seconds goes by, and then you hear in the distance. And you see these, like, up in the sky, you see these, like, massive wyverns just start to take off from the top of the frostbite citadel. You're in the midst of this courtyard. What are you guys doing at this point? I'll assume that H4 has kind of gotten down off of the kind of the the walkway up on the wall, but you're in the middle of this courtyard. There's probably about 20 feet to the Frostbite Citadel, about 30 feet behind you back to the wall. I'm going to quickly send messages to both of them and say, we have to sneak for it. Somebody cast bonfire as a, as a distraction. <laughs> and I'm going to cast prestidigitation to make as much noise in the vicinity of like this bright light and try and distract them with that while we sneak towards the, the, the castle. I never stopped doing bonfires, so I think it just... Oh, the plan is coming together. Yeah, make it, yeah. Make it even mm. bigger. Then I'll create, like, sparks and fanfares and stuff around it nice. and sneak. And little buddy's, like, pointing his finger, and I, like, calmly reach over and put his hand <laughs> no, back no, down. No, 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 no. Now's not the time. <laughs> okay, so you guys are casting all of these. So now you're sneaking towards, the, yeah, where you get, you guys are going towards the Citadel. Is you're there going, a door? Yeah, there's, there's, like, a main front door. You see windows on the outside, but you... Can we look at, through the windows? You can yeah you can see if they can open if you want 
Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I, I'd love to see if the windows are there, if there's anybody visible, and if we could open one. Because I don't know if going in through the front door is like, hey. Yeah, you kind of see. There's like a there's a there's a massive, maybe twenty foot tall, double wide door. Um, the front wall is maybe, or it's it's about ten feet wide, twenty feet tall. The main kind of front entrance is about twenty feet, and then you see turning back towards the building about another seven or eight feet of kind of like what would be kind of an entryway to that. Then you see another wall that has like a pretty massive window there that you kind of like run up towards. You start to inspect the window and it is, it looks like thinner ice than the rest of the wall, but it does not open. Is there anybody visible? Like, do we see any people? Roll a perception check for me. That is uh, an 18 plus, I think, two. Yeah, a dirty 20. Yeah, just very quickly glancing inside, you kind of rub the frost off of the window and you look in there and you don't see anyone right away. You don't see anybody, but you see kind of like a, a long entryway hallway. It's maybe about 30 feet wide. Pillars kind of going up with these just beautiful ice arches inside, but you don't see anyone in kind of the main entryway at this point. Oh, I was going to say, can I make a perception check to see if the front door has, like, a lock? You can, yeah, you can make a perception check for me. Nat 20. Yeah, hey. you you see that it, in fact, does have these two kind of circular, like, you could pull open the doors with the door handles, and underneath there you see the kind of old-fashioned, uh, well, what we would consider old-fashioned, door locks. So there are there are door locks there. Gotcha. So, question, more kind of narrative, just because I don't want to change out of bear form. Can I talk as a bear? I think that's like a level 14, like you could talk like a normal human. Do I have to revert back to a gnome to talk? Nah, let's go with it. That'll be fun. Okay. Hey. It's fun. All right. It's but, but you have to do it like one word syllables as best as possible, because it's like, you can't do it very sure. well. Yeah. Okay. Door open. <laughs> Uh, I'll look at what Bert's pointing at. I'll say I, I I may be able to help. I'll reach into my bag, grab some more like uh, we'll say some more Christmas spice uh, and blow, and it'll like I guess float through the window. And I'd like to summon a mage hand, sure, uh, which I believe I can make invisible as yeah. an arcane trickster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will summon an invisible mage hand on the other side of the glass. Oh heck and, yeah, sweet, and have it float over and just open. Yeah, just have it, like, open, unlock the doors. Yeah, you see as on the inside, it's kind of like that old wooden, like, fold over the door. That's the lock. So you just kind of, like, reach up, and it's pretty sticky, but it you eventually do rip it up and open, and the door uh, kind of cracks open a little bit uh, from the outside. Awesome. Grab, tiny baby, Cavardi. Okay, so, yes. Is, is Mage Hand not even concentration? It just lasts for a minute once you cast it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. it's just there. Uh, so, like, I kind of try and figure out where it is, and then I set little buddy on where your Mage Hand is, and then now he's just floating around in the sky so that he can follow us um, <laughs> and not get not get left behind. That's incredible. <laughs> That's great. Um, so you guys make your way to the door, and I'm assuming you're just trying to go in through the front doors now, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. You just kind of pull them open. You can hear the the wyverns up above kind of diving down. And you, as you're making your way in, you see that one of them veers off from the bonfire and it's headed in your direction as well. So you kind of open the door real quickly. Who would most have likely been the last one through the door? Oh, probably, probably me. 
Yeah, because you had to run and go grab little buddy. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. feel like I would do something to um, try and relock it. So you are getting through the door. You're about to pull it shut, and you see this wyvern's jaw kind of snap right at you through the door. Um, so it's going to try and hit you one time. What's your AC? Uh, 16. Okay. Um, he got a 18. So he's going to, as you're kind of like pulling the door shut, it just latches right onto your arm. I would like to use silvery barbs. Yeah, go for it. And and force them to re-roll that. And I believe take the lower of the two rolls. Yep, absolutely. A nine instead of an 18. So, perfect. I will then give advantage to Havarti because I was afraid. Yes. I'm just like blowing dust, like spice. Just are like... You're blowing dust. You see this wyvern come down and it just about latches onto his arm. You can see he's about to hit and then he pulls the door shut, kind of like snapping its head uh, into the the door. You hear just this kind of like painful wyvern scream and it pulls its mouth out and H4 can just pull the door shut. You quickly latch it behind you. Um, and as you kind of like peer through the window that's there, you can see the, the wyvern just kind of take off and fly back up into um, the sky away. And for context, there was no, no one riding it? No, there was no one riding okay. it. It was just, yep, it was just those two. Okay, so you are, the doors shut ominously behind you, and in front of you, you can kind of see this entryway door. But as you step in, you didn't notice this in the moment because uh, you just have adrenaline rushing through your body. Uh, but you notice that as you get inside, the the atmosphere is a bit more solemn it's almost like devoid of sound in any sort of way and there's this kind of scent of ancient frost that hangs in the air walking in you can kind of see there's rows of these massive ice pillars that are just ornately carved cascading up into um, the ceiling and in the middle about halfway through in a in a more regal kind of normal setting in the world of Austeria, this would be what would be a fountain, uh, a magical fountain of sorts. But this just kind of sprays up like and has frozen over time. And there's a sort of mist that kind of hangs above this um, large fountain in the middle. And kind of the only thing that you hear reverberating through the room is the echoes of the door shutting and the wind that has kind of flowed into the room following behind you. You see that that fountain is about forty or about thirty feet in front of you, and on the other side of that, you can see another set of doors. But at the sides of the room, you're not quite sure what's there at the moment. I'm going to revert back to a gnome because I got bored of just talking in single syllables. <laughs> so, uh, okay, um, great, we're inside now. This naughty list, you you said, uh, Kobe. I think you said that there was a, a vault. Do you think that? He would have he would store it in the vault, or would he like store it in his bedroom or something like that? That's the thing we don't know. It may be in the vault. We know there's there's there are rumors that there's a vault below the the whole structure. So maybe we can try and find a way down below below ground into the basement into the dungeons. Okay, okay, yeah. Because I guess if there's hold on, can the, can someone else besides Santa use the list for nefarious purposes? Uh, that would be a question for the DM. What exactly do we have any knowledge of whether that would be the case? You have never heard of anyone using the naughty or nice list, uh, but it is a magical list. And so you think possibly 
a high enough level wizard might be able to use the naughty or nice list for nefarious reasons. But again, nobody's ever really had it except for Kringle himself. Okay, what happens if if there was a wizard like the Frost King and the Frost King he switched all the good names to the to the bad kids and all the bad kids to the good kids and then on on Christmas the kids go and, and then there's underneath the tree and then there's all this coal everywhere and then the kids the bad kids get like like knives and swords and like firing <laughs> kids and then they just that's start what all the good kids stuff. get is knives yeah well, that was, <laughs> is that yeah, what we were that's, making that's back the, because the, that's all what the, Santa's been having people make I thought yeah, that I was mean, for I'm just other gnomes no, no, I've been making a lot of, like, things for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It's a lot of, like, survival is really popular. On, survival on, swords? Yeah, survival swords is Where really are they popular. Living? On, they're really popular on Jingle Jangle TikTok right now. I've seen the hashtag. <laughs> I know. Survival's huge. So all the good kids get get this coal and all the bad kids, they're going to get the swords. And then they switch them up. Or or what happens? Like, is is there Krampus? Is Krampus around? That Frost King is kind of like the Krampus. Because what happens if like Frost King hires Krampus and Krampus steals all the good kids instead of the bad kids, and then he, and then there's just like a big basket filled. We we gotta find this naughty list. I agree. Let's <laughs> let's get on it. Look, our what we could do if we really wanted, we really wanted to try and cover more ground. We could try and split up where one or more of us goes after the vault, and one or more of us goes after the the bedroom. That is one option, or we can all just go to one and then hope it's there. Well, I've been told that the, besides my enlarged heart and coronary effects of that, the number one way of dying in Dungeons and Dragons is splitting up the party, <laughs> so maybe we just go to the vault. Works for me. I don't know what that, I, is that part of the, is Dungeons and Dragons one of the things we've been making back yes. here for these kids at Christmas? It is. It's the number one bestseller right now on, on Kringle, Kringle's on. You, humans and households. <laughs> Yeah, humans. Nice, nice. That's fun. Okay, so you guys are wanting to head towards the vault. Uh, you know and have heard from the rumors that it is down below the Frostbite Citadel. So tell me as a group, how is Yule Team 6 going to try and find out how to get to the bottom of the Frostbite Citadel? If, if we could find an employee... That we could have, because what I was hoping originally was that we could catch someone and question them, and then I could impersonate them and we could get in. But if we could just find someone, maybe we can convince them to let us in, or they, they can just tell us. Hmm. I like it. Are there, like, evil gnomes that work for the Frost King? Do we know that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, let's find one of these guys, and let's convince them through traditional beads or unorthodox beads. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I do have one more, what do you call it, wild shape, so oh, we'll see gosh. what it comes to. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so you guys are in the entryway. There's nobody in here, um, but you see a set of doors on the opposite side, about probably 50 feet away from you, and there is the exterior walls as well that you can't really see anything from being in this kind of central, kind of open area where you're currently at. So where would you like to go? Towards the double doors. Sounds good. All right, you start walking towards the middle, towards the fountain. Um, as you get up towards the fountain, it's about 25, 30 feet away from you. You see off to the right and the left, you also see a, a set of doors on either side and the one kind of in front of you. You still want to go towards that that front one? Perception check. Okay, what are you trying to perceive? The sound of humanoid activity. 
Oh, so you're like going up to the door and Yes. Okay. I only roll the nine. Got it. Uh which door are you going up towards? The west one. Colby and uh H four and little buddy, you kinda see you're walking towards the fountain and uh Bird just kinda like veers off to the left and you kinda see him like start to put his ear up to the door and you don't hear anything through the door. I don't hear anything over here. Uh, but as you say that, the door opens and kind of knocks into you. I would like to dive out of sight. <laughs> okay. You were right by the fountain, so you can jump to the other side of the fountain and try and hide if you would like to. And I will prepare to try and knock somebody out if need be. Okay. Or or subdue them. Hey, that hurt. What's what's up? Oh, you're just like saying, you're just saying this to the person on the other side of the wall? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Running out from the other side, you see a small gnome that... It seems to be like was holding like a tray of food that is now like covered all over the front of their clothing. Like they were going to be bringing room service or snacks or something somewhere inside. And they kind of give it like another shove and are just furious. And they have like the knife that was in their hand, like pointing it at you like, who who are you? What are you doing here? Oh, you probably don't know me. That's right. I'm just a recent transfer from that other place you know the frost king is going to be so mad that you just spilled all his food and you see her kind of like flip it up and catch it and it is um very well done in terms of how she like she may have handled the knife before she says tell me right now who you are i've never seen you before and you just made me spill all of the food i'd like to just pop up and and once again like I think, uh, I think to myself, this is just like that time at the South Pole. Uh, and I'd like to just drop her, if possible. I did not roll a natural 20 this time, but I did get a 25 to hit. <laughs> nice. Where... And I will be sneak attacking. Sweet. Perfect. And where were you trying to hit her again? I'm trying to, I'm trying to like... Drop her in a way that she can't make a sound. So if that requires shooting her through the neck or through the head or whatever, just I want her. I want her down. You've done these things before. These reconnaissance missions where you drop somebody and immediately try to heal them from dying. So, yeah. yeah. You. How much damage did you do? Twenty three. No, twenty 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 one. Sorry. You kind of see she turns just just slightly, kind of angle moving towards the center of the room, angling herself towards. Bert and all of a sudden Bert you just see an arrow just stick through uh, her chest and she just kind of falls in front of you I'm going to pick her up and kind of just hold her out and be like hey Kobe can you impersonate this this gnome right here yeah I'm going to run forward I'd like to look very quickly through all of her stuff to see if there's any sort of identification like if she has a name tag or anything like that yeah she's I mean she's got like this clothing on she doesn't have a name tag per se but kind of in her pocket, she has like some uh, documentation that has like some levels of clearance. Like if she were to have to like go in somewhere and her name is Beretta. Then I would like to take as much of like Beretta's stuff. Not I, I'll leave her clothes and everything, but like take her tools and identify like her papers and everything. And I would like to put it into like hide it in my clothes. And I will use my Sferf Neblin magic to cast Disguise Self. You see slowly, like, from the bottom up, like, changing and hair growing and facial features twisting and contorting, and you look pretty similar to Bretta. All right. 
uh, I'll, I'll nod to the other two and say, maybe keep hidden or, you know, watch from a distance. I'll try and talk us through this. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, though. Here, here. Take a little buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. I'll take little buddy and hide little buddy. Or before I hide him, I'll say, now, little buddy, you're adorable, and I love you. But I need you to only do anything if I or your father or Uncle Bert here tell you to. Okay? You got that, little buddy? He holds up a little fist. I, I give him a little finger bump with the fist. Nice. Perfect. But you, like, change it into the knuckle. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I also gave you Buddy because I realized I can only cast touch spells through Little Buddy. And one of the spells then that I can cast, and you as our rogue is the best person to cast it, is Little Buddy can give you guidance pretty much all the time now. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm just going to keep patting Little Buddy. <laughs> as he's, like, <laughs> just keeps giving me guidance. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'd like to walk in and see what, what's going on here. You're walking back through that door? Yeah, I'm going back through the door and be like, eh, don't think it was anything. Yeah, you walk back through there and you see a very busy, what appears to be kitchen in here. There are people that are little gnomes that are chopping up um, different foods and vegetables and uh, fruits and stuff. And you see uh, on the other side, there is a little bit taller gnomish fellow who seems to be kind of barking orders out in terms of like, Who's doing what? Chopping food, boiling, whatever. Like he's kind of the one that seems to be in charge. But there's there's probably six or seven other gnomes that are in this uh, in this space as well. I'd like to jog across the room and towards that gnome and say, I've seen enough kitchens. I've seen how kitchens work. So I'm just going to take a stab at this. I'm going to say, Chef, Chef. Yes. What what is it, Bretta? Weren't you supposed to be bringing food to the Frost King? Yes, I was just about to, but Chef, there's something there's something wrong with the fountain. It seems to be malfunctioning. Could you come take a look? Malfunctioning? It's spraying water everywhere, and I'm afraid it's going to damage the food. Ah, oh, crap. You see him kind of, like, take off his, like, apron and throw it down. Uh, roll, a, roll a persuasion check for me first. Uh, would this be persuasion or would this be deception in this case? Uh, yeah, deception. Yep. Okay. Uh, do I have guidance for this? Of course you do. <laughs> Okay, so that puts me at a 17. You can tell he is in the stress of the moment and doesn't want another thing to deal with and is very distracted by what's going on, and he believes you and comes with you. He's like, oh, crap, not again. As he's running, I would like to point uh, and give, like, a little, like, point with my finger and give a little message to the other two, like, get ready, get ready, I'm bringing somebody, get ready to jump him. Once the door's closed, once the door's closed, silent but deadly. What did you do with Bretta's body? Did you guys just leave it? <laughs> Was. We had it. I don't know what they did. I'll with drag. It. I'll drag it out of the way. I feel like that's okay. what I would have done. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, I was holding it oh, okay. because All I was right. showing okay. it off. So just... I think I'm just maybe it's like underneath my arm, like a psychopath or something. Nice. Okay. As I'm running, I'm also. I'd also like to just have my hand on the rapier so that as soon as it closes, I can also jump jump this dude. But I'll I'll open the door, let him through first. Sure. And then come in behind him, and and hopefully we can just jump him. Yeah, go for it. We'll assume that you guys are all readying actions of some kind. So what is it that you have readied for him to walk into? I'm going to ready a thorn whip. All right. 18. Yeah, that'll hit. H4, what are you doing? I'm going to be at the door. So I'm going to try and get the doors closed as quickly and quietly as possible. 
um, so in preparation for whatever else will happen. Yeah, yeah. You see the chef run through. You see what looks like bread and now run through, and you shut the door and just kind of like thorn whip him like around the neck. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to just like hold him? Are you trying to incapacitate him? What are you trying to do? Uh, I think what I want to do is I want to like since I can attack him and drag him, I want to drag him away from the door so he doesn't like try to run away. Sure. Yeah. So you. You latch it around his neck and pull. How far away from the door can you pull him? Like 10 feet or something? Five to Yeah, Yeah, okay. Okay. So he just runs through, and you see, like, the startled look on his face, and he just wrap the vines around him and pull, and he just gets drugged, like, right towards you. Cool. And that's, I mean, that's all I will do. Okay. Yeah, he's not looking great. Like, he's bleeding where the thorns pulled him through. So he is going to pull out of his, like, belt this kind of cleaver and he i mean assuming he's like right in front of you at this point probably yeah i feel like i dragged him to me so okay he's gonna try and slash at you so what's your ac uh my ac is 16 uh he's gonna hit for three points of slashing damage just kind of right right across you and he's gonna try and turn and like run back towards the door so he's gonna get out of your range so you can take an opportunity attack on him if you would like i will just do a quarter staff and that will be a dirty 20. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, so you just whack him just, across the back. Uh, three points of damage. Okay, it is enough. You kind of crack him over the back of the head and he just kind of falls face down in front of you on the ice. I will pick up that buddy or that body <laughs> and two also of them hold under it. your arms. I, I have two bodies, just like one under each arm at the moment. And I'll be like, I'll be like, like Colby could use this one right here. Maybe there's some important papers or something. Yeah, like I'd like to uh, start shuffling through this this now per- this new person's. Uh, see if we get higher clearance out of it, and see if there's maybe a map, any indication of that might indicate where the nice a naughty nice list might be, or even just where the vault and and dungeon might be. Sure. Yeah. As you kind of look through and sift through his stuff, you see some coin on him. You find like a folded up what essentially looks like a map. Um, It's not like necessarily a map, but it has like a second story to it where like rooms are like who might be staying there. What sort it's got like notes written on the side of like what foods they like, what kind of things they would want. And you see one of them has written on there frost Kings room. And it is kind of like, there's another tier behind where you are. That is like a, it looks like it's like a library of sorts, that kind of door at the end of the hallway and then there's like stairs that go up and kind of lining the outside of the grand library are all of these rooms where people seem to stay, whether they're higher up gnomes or whatever. Um, and the Frost Kings is like right dead center on the other side of that room. That's all you really have from him. You also have uh, some paperwork, some identifying paperwork. Um, his name is Gorgon. D- so can we look at the map to see like where Gorgon's map might lead us yeah so yeah through the yeah so it looks like where the where the fountain is in the middle the doors that you were walking towards originally on the other side open into a sort of grand library on the other side okay there's a second story kind of like down below that that indicates that it's the second floor of the grand library where there are rooms on the outside of it Um, and there's a set of staircases on the far side of the library to get up there and dead center on the other side is the frost king's room Oh, okay. 
then I'll turn to the others and say, uh, look, should I go ahead and impersonate Gorgon now and, and see if that clearance gets us where we need to go? Yes, do it, do it. And watch this. I agree. So I pull out a lock out of my, my I guess, person. I don't know. I don't have, clearly I don't have a backpack. Um, and then I lock the kitchen door from the outside. And then I go, Havarti. Oh, and then the lock itself starts to twist a little bit. Um, and I've used my second magical infusion to create the lock of trickery. So now they're locked in and anyone that would try and unlock it will always do it at disadvantage. Nice. Okay. So that way we don't get, hopefully we don't get followed right away. Uh, then I will, I will use disguise self again to disguise myself now as Gorgon. So you, again, you see Colby kind of like grows slightly and uh, kind of shakes it off and you look very similar to Gorgon. Uh, I'll be like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, and I'll, I'll say, I'll point at the pair of you and say, you two are entertainment for the Frost King, if anyone asks. You're with me. Done. Got it. We'll just, I guess, set off into the library. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of walk over to those doors. You open the set of double doors and you see a magnificent interior to this space. You can kind of see lining the outsides. There is the second story balcony. You can see these beautifully ornately carved doorways up above. These spindles on the railing are just immaculate. Like you've never seen carved in ice before. And you see just rows upon rows upon rows of just these tall bookcases uh, with ancient tomes that seem to be almost frosted over on the outside. And in the middle, you see kind of a center kiosk sort of area where there is a couple of what you would guess to be librarians in the middle of this space. But you don't really see anyone else in here other than kind of those you can kind of see down the middle walkway into the library. Okay. And all three of you are going together yep all right sweet so gorgon you're or colby impersonating gorgon you're leading the way i would like to uh glance at the map and see if i can so we we don't necessarily see an entrance to a dungeon but we do see where the the frost king's room is yeah you can see it just it's perfectly on the other side it's almost like where the kiosk is that's the middle waypoint about 25 feet in and then there's another set of shelves that looks almost identical to the front of the room and you see two sets of stairs that kind of like curve and go up to meet and the frost king's room is labeled as the one that's right at the top of the stairs there okay then as we're walking i would like to message the other two and say look i don't we don't have access to the dungeon we don't know where it is do we want to just try the frost king's room and see if at the very least we could find a map if not the list itself yes he i think he thinks he's gonna kill him still but i still think it's a good idea i'm gonna murder i'm gonna murder him no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No. But yes, I think that's where we should go. Okay. Uh, this way. And I'll lead us across to the Frost King's room. And I'd like to give a little knocky knock. Okay. As you're walking past the kind of center kiosk, uh, one of the gnomish ladies, she's kind of older, glasses down on her on her nose. She says, Ah, Gorgon, going to see the Frost King, are you? Uh, who yes. are these two that are following you? Uh, I come over and I whisper, Frost King, uh, we decided we'd surprise him with some entertainment. Uh, oh, what do you, what do you both do? Uh, I was like, check this out. And I have the rope of climbing come out and it starts dancing around, um, and like moving all around me. Uh, and then, um, little, well, the little buddy's with you still. So, 
Um, I just kind of do that. Um, but then I say, oh, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble for showing you my whole act, um, without showing it, uh, to the person that hired me first. So, oh, that's so amazing. And she starts to like clap and, and, and what do you do? Do you like music? I love music. What's your favorite song? Jingle All the Way is my favorite song. All right. I pull out a pair of bird pipes, which is a thing that I guess exists in this world. For sure. And I just start busting out that song. Nice. And she, you can see that she's, oh, thank you. That brings me back to my childhood. And then she starts to like try and tell you this long monologue about her parents and Christmases back in the day. And, and then she like starts to, it starts to turn really dark and you get the sense that like, oh, she, she actually hates Christmas and that's why she's here now. (laughs) As much as, as much as this is very important, I do need to let the Frost King know as a matter of urgency. Sorry. Yes, I can. Yes, you're right. I can kind of get, yeah, you you know, Gorgon, we can kind of, we, we don't see many people in the library. We can kind of draw. And she like starts to drone on again about as she's doing that. We'll just, I'll just give you the two (laughs) other two, like a and we'll just like leave. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you guys kind of make your way uh, up the stairs and you see, yeah, again, just this ornately carved set of double doors uh, for where the Frost King's room would be. Should we give a little knocky knock? I mean, do we need to be sneaky? Well, we know that people from the kitchen go to the, his room. They, that was what they were going to do. So I, I'm wondering if I don't think I need to be sneaky. Colby, maybe something to point out. You don't got any food on you. Yeah, I'm going to tell him about a problem in the kitchens. Oh, okay. Good idea. Yeah, then just give, give it a couple knocks and open the door. That's probably what they would have done. It'll be fine. And I, I pause for a moment and I say, go ask that librarian where the dungeon is, but do it like you think you're like your tour. You, you're being given like a little tour just to talk to her. And tell her that I wanted, you know, we wanted to delay the surprise a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go talk to her. Havarti, do you want to come with me? I'm not always good at talking. It's okay. I've, I've, I've got this. So I take little buddy from, from Colby and I give it to Bert. And I'm like, okay, you'll be good now. Oh, my tiny metal nephew. Hello, <laughs> you're so dear and precious. Uh, yeah, I'll go down. I'll go down and talk to the librarian. She kind of looks at you and says, "Aren't you here to entertain the Frost King?" So, uh, yeah, we're just kind of, you know, we're kind of a two act type of thing. So I'm always the second act. People like I have uh, my friend over here. He's kind of the war- he warms up. You know, the Frost King, kind of funny, right? Because he's Frost. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of the second act. So I'm just kind of like, just killed some time. And you look like, you kind of look like a person that's, that's got stuff to talk about. Uh, what's your opinions about this cool place? Oh, this is a this is a very cool place, especially for those who hate Christmas. And she starts this long diatribe about how she hates Christmas. And while you're having that conversation, I want to cut back up to the Frost King's room. So you are planning on knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. Yep. You kind of, you hear from the other side, ah, what is it? And you kind of push the door open and, and you see in the room, it's it's very dark, but you see this sort of like flickering light blue 
light as you see these kind of sconces sticking off of the wall, giving this light blue sort of doesn't feel warm in here. It feels extremely cold, colder than anything you've ever felt before um, in this space. But you see kind of sitting out by the, there's like a balcony on the other side. You can see there's a desk and you can see the frost King is sitting there in kind of his light blue, ethereal spectral nature um, his cloak just kind of like flowing as he sits in his chair very oddly like you've never seen before. But you can see kind of coming around him this sort of goldish bright glow kind of lighting up his face in front of him. Can I roll a quick perception check as I walk in to see if I can see not only what that glow is, but also what if there are if there's an indication of where if I just happen to see something that looks like a list, uh, I, have I ever seen the naughty and nice list? Oh yeah, yeah, you've seen it before. Then if I can glimpse it somewhere around the room, or if I can see what's in front of his face, you are one hundred percent certain that the thing that is giving off the glow that the Frost King is looking at is the naughty or nice list on his desk. <sighs> then, okay. As I take a step forward, I would like to cover my mouth and say, excuse me. And while I do that, I whisper, I send message to the other two and say, it's in his room. The naughty nice list is in his room. I'm going to try and get him to leave. Hide if you get the chance. Cutting back down to Bert, you are hearing this long diatribe about how this librarian, when she was little, didn't get the gift that she wanted and then something happened where her mother left and never came back and like Christmas has just been ruined for her forever and now she wants to like ruin Christmas for lots of other children by feeding the knowledge of all of the gnomes in here on the thousands of different ways that they can ruin Christmas for all the little children and then you hear in your ear what Colby says I hear that and I was like while she's talking I'm like hey I've been working on this song it's it's called I've been dreaming of a red Christmas. Is that a little too violent for all you guys? Are you more like mischief or are you like more like murder? She's like, "Oh god, honey, like no, we don't want to, we don't kill children. We just we just ruin their Christmases." Okay, okay. So it's like I'm dreaming of a bad Christmas. How about is that a, that's an okay version? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a better version. Yes. Okay, okay. I'm still yeah, I'm still the, working on the, it a little keep bit. Keep the murder out of it. No murder, just bad stuff. Yes. Okay, got it. Oh, I think my act is about to begin, so I'm gonna I'm gonna head up to the Frost King. Thanks for telling me not to talk about murder on Christmas. That's a good one. Thanks for the pro tip. You're, you're very welcome. So Colby tells you guys to hide. He's gonna try and get the Frost King out of his room. Yeah. Can I just like find a not like not look like I'm intentionally trying to hide, but maybe maybe I'm like I'm hiding. Not like in a bookshelf, but I'm kind of like off to the side, maybe where if you were to, the Frost King were to walk out, I would be pretty indescript. Yeah. Yeah. There's bookshelves and you could hide under the staircase or sure. you know, somewhere, somewhere like that. So H4, what are you doing? I just cast invisibility. And then I... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. So cut back up to the Frost King's room. I say, I step in and say, your majesty, thank you so much having me, uh, for allowing me entrance. I bring you grave tidings of terrible, 
terrible sorrow. Well, this is starting out like something I want to hear. Unfortunately, it's sorrow for us, Your Majesty. Tell me more. Your Majesty, one of my... One of my cooks, uh, Bretta. I think you may have glimpsed her. She brings you food from time yes, to time. Yes, Bretta, yes. Yes, she had come. She had come to bring you food. And on the way here, she was killed. And you see him, like, slot. Like, if he was going to push a chair back, but he just kind of, like, like, slips through the chair and kind of, like, turns and looks at you. Your Majesty, she was killed in the library. And there's evidence that she may have been stabbed with a candy cane. Only one man would dare candy cane someone here. Kringle. Your Majesty, I think that Kringleites have infiltrated the librarians. <laughs> you roll a roll a deception check for me. Okay. With advantage, that's with tight. A, yeah, with advantage, yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go. That is a 21. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He got a 14 for countering that. You do see him, though, on his way to rush out. He almost rushes out of the room, and then he turns around, and he kind of, like, rolls up the naughty and nice list and kind of... As he's doing that, I say, Your Majesty, perhaps if there's anything that you don't want falling into the hands of the Kringleites... You can simply leave it here. I will stand guard, guard it with my life, while you take care of those nasty, nasty, dirty librarians. So he he says, all right, I will do that. And yet he still rolls it up, and he takes it over to his wardrobe and puts it in there and then shuts it and locks it. Okay. <laughs> That's better than nothing. And then you see him just kind of like, just glide past you. The two of you that are down below, you see the Frost King just doesn't even open his door, just just kind of goes through the wall, but like glides down the stairs and then starts to just like look around and doesn't see. Did you have did you have Bretta's body on you the entire time? What did you do with her body before you left the main entryway? I mean, I probably just tucked it in a corner. I mean, I'm not going okay. into a library with Bretta's body. <laughs> And I guess the other guy's, Gorgon's body, underneath yeah. my arms. I think I just, I probably just, I don't know, tried to hide it in a corner. Maybe back over by the, uh, like, the locked kitchen door. Well, yeah, I figured it was by the fountain. All right, so you see the Frost King come down, and he starts to, like, lean into, he, like, picks up the librarian that you were having this, I mean, dark and gloomy conversation, but nice conversation. You see him, like, pick her up by the neck and start screaming at her and looking at her with like murder in his eyes. What are you two doing in the library? He's like, he's like laying and you can see like just these icy blue tendrils starting to go across her skin and like up her eyes. You're witnessing that you're literally right there. Like what are you guys doing in this moment? I was going to go in the room. I don't know. I thought we were going to get the list and leave. Yeah, you're invisible. So yeah, you're invisible. You can do whatever you want. I'm walking in the room. We got to get the list. We got to go. I'm, I'm kind of just like maybe standing in a corner, like trying to like maybe like looking at a book, just be like, you know, trying to be like high. Yeah, I'm trying to trying hide. to realize, trying to figure out if this is normal activity for the Ice King. Or yeah, not. yeah. This is like <laughs> I have all these images of like in in my mind. I was like, there is this like scenario that I was playing where I was like, 
I'm like, I'm a polar bear, and I go into his room, and I just start, like, wailing away on him. But that's when I thought he was just, like, a guy. And now that I see that he is, like, literally this sort of elemental incarnation of cold and evil, I'm, like, trying to reevaluate, like, how could I bite a cloud? I can't bite a cloud. <laughs> so I'm just trying to look, like, not not action hide, but just try to not draw attention to myself. Okay. Yeah, so... H4, you're making your way up the stairs. You see that the doors are closed again. But how, do you want to open them? Do you like what do you? Well, yeah, because I thought I was a little closer to the doors, but yeah, I would. Uh, oh, you were upstairs. Yeah, you were upstairs yeah, already, right? You were, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I would just try and open it as the minimum amount possible and then sneak into the room. Roll a sleight of hand check for me to kind of open it quietly and slowly. Can I give advantage by helping? on the other side of the door when I see it start to open. Yeah, sure. Oh, thank you for advantage. Natural 20. Yeah, I had a 17, yeah, you. I had a 17 and then I was like, oh, okay. And then, because it's on TNT Beyond, my dice exploded. Uh, so I got 23 <laughs> As it overall. does. Okay, yeah, so you open it and it just slides gracefully across the ice and you kind of make your way in. Um I'm assuming, Bert, you just tell me if you want to do anything. Otherwise, you're just going to kind of hang out in the corner there for the time being. And so my thing is I will try to react if he is going back to his room. Okay. So you guys are in the room. All of this is happening. Like, he's just now getting down there for you guys as you make your way into the room. But, Bert, this is what you've seen so far, him holding that old woman up. So you guys are in there. You know you can... Describe for me what you guys want to try and do to get the naughty or nice list out of the wardrobe. You can kind of see the light like gleaming through the like the inside of the ice chest is just kind of like lighter goldish blue um, inside of there. You can see it just emanating. But so, tell me what you guys want to do. Okay, so uh, what I'll say is, oh, hold on, hold on. Which <laughs> is you hear that? Of course, you don't see it. And, um, and then I rematerialize, and I was like, wait a second. So I kind of twist. Uh, like the outer edges of my eyepieces, um, and then they turn like this uh, red and green color. One is red, one is green, and then I um, everything becomes three D for you in the room. No, yeah, I'm so sure. I cast detect magic uh, to see if there's like any magical elements to the wardrobe being locked, rather than you. And obviously, the I'm probably gonna be blinded by this list, but yeah. um, but yeah, the idea of like is the lock or any anything else about it magical? It does seem like there is a magical enchantment on this wardrobe. Well, I let, I let you know, um, Colby. There's 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 magic, obviously inside, uh, but but it's a magical wardrobe. Um, leads uh, there's a Mister Tumnus on the other side, <laughs> um, but, but but no, which I feel like would totally exist in this world. Uh, but yeah, there's magical. So I don't know if it's the lock or if it's a trap. Uh, but be careful. Can you tell what kind of magic it is? Give me a sec, and I keep st- <laughs> and I keep staring at it. Uh, it is abjuration. That's something protective, and you nobody has dispel. I don't have anything that can get past. Depends on the spell, but I don't know what could necessarily get past it. Do you have anything? Uh, I mean, not quiet. I could try and pick the lock, but that's that's we don't know what that's going to do. You do see, I, I'll, I'll say this again, you do see like a balcony on the other side of the room as well. Just that, just in case you guys need to think through escape plans or anything like that. 
So does it open out in, like, open air? Okay. Yep. Can you shrink the wardrobe at all? No, but I could blow it open. That would be way too loud. Uh, but we then we leave. That. We just, then we leave and get on the war sleigh. And if all three of us were standing directly next to the balcony, maybe, but there's still wyverns. That's the problem. I, we gotta, we gotta get to the war sleigh. We, we, ideally we could get to the war sleigh before the wyverns see us. I, I feel like that's where I'm, I'm wondering. I would like to see, is there a lock on this? Yep, there is. Okay. I would like, can I like look through the lock at all? Yeah, I mean, what are you looking for? Well, I'd just like to see if I can see, like, see a little bit through the lock at all. Like, if I cast Prestidigitation to make little faint sparks on the other side, can I see those through the lock? Yeah, you can see those sparks, but you also, like, you're looking at it and you're, like, blinded by, like, the the light from the wardrobe, or from the naughtier nice list inside of it. Oh, then if I can see the light, then I would like to summon Mage Hand, see if I can summon Mage Hand inside of it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So my invisible mage hand will appear. I would like to like pick, use it to pick up the naughty and nice list. And I say, look, I have it in my mage hand. It's just a matter of getting it out of there. I can't teleport the mage hand. I'll turn, I'll say, Havarti, do you have any ideas? Anything at all? Can little buddy fit? Uh, how big is little buddy? Little buddy is a tiny construct. Tiny is in like how tiny? Because it's a, it's a, it's like a keyhole. Okay, no, probably not then. You know what? It's a one-shot. I'm going to ask a question. Would you consider the mage hand to qualify enough as a creature that I took this spell that I almost used earlier? It's called Vortex Warp, where you magically twist space around another creature you can see within range, and then it basically I can shift it where it is by 10 feet. It is not. I can get in there if that's what you want. Oh, you can go in there? I was going to say, but you do have either a druid that might be able to wild shift or wild shape or Colby. I will throw I will throw uh, more of this Christmassy spice and cast Misty Step inside. And I now have the naughty and nice list. Yeah, you're I mean it's it's cramped in there. It's not a massive wardrobe like it's got drawers on the bottom and then the two doors yeah, on just, the top, but we got to get Bert up here too though. But yeah, I can get you out now. Watch. Don't, don't, let it, shh, just let it happen. And so I cast <laughs> Vortex Warp, um, and I assume as long as you're willing to fail. Um, yeah, I'll fail then, that save. Yeah, then you'll shift. You thought that Disguise Self was an uncomfortable spell. Vortex Warp is like ten <laughs> times worse. It's just like, <laughs> like being compressed into yourself and then reappearing. <laughs> And like Harry Potter, when he first shifts, you just vomit everywhere in his face. I'll just point my finger in the direction of, of Bert. Like, Bert, get in here. We have to go. We have to go now. Bert, Bert, we have the list. Get in here. We have to go. Okay. Uh, can I make like a stealth check to see if I can slide into the uh, Frost King's room? Yes. The door is still cracked open a little bit. And you have guidance. Well, did you, guys, did you guys close it? I would assume you probably closed it when you came in. Yeah. Okay, so you're, yeah, you would have to try and open it again. So roll a slight of hand check for me. But like I said, guidance, because little buddy's with you. He's all, he, he's all, hey, this is what he did last time. I'll do slight of hand. Let's see, am I any good at that? You do get a d4. I have 15 plus 3, and then a d4 will be 2 more. So 20. 30, 20? 
Yes, that works. So you kind of pull the door open, slide in, pull it back shut. You see Bert, like, pool of vomit on the ground, but naughty and nice list in hand. What's your plan from here to try and escape? Where does this, like, balcony look out to? It is the backside of the Frostbite Citadel. Let me just make sure that I'm correct about this. So we were allowed to have one uncommon magic item. Yeah, common or uncommon. Yep. Okay, I took a common one. Sweet. I took the feather token, <laughs> which allows me nice. to cast Featherfall. Nice. I will turn to my fellows and say, look, this is our ticket out of here. Let's go. So I guess if we're going to jump out the window, I, I'm i like, you know what? I want to maybe leave a little bit of Christmas cheer for the good old Frost King. And I am going to use the spell. Which spell is this? I'm going to use the spell Conjure Animals. Um, animals. To, yeah. So I'm going to. <laughs> Not Conjure Animal, Animals. Just yeah, multiples. Ad- animals. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is I can summon eight beasts of challenge rating, one fourth or lower. And. An elk is considered a beast of one-fourth, so I'm going to summon eight (laughs) elk, or maybe eight incarnations of Santa's reindeer to leave as a present for the Frost King. Nice. So I summon these eight reindeer, and I'm like, you have always been the helpers of Santa. If the Frost King comes in here, try to stab him or hoof him or something like that. All right, and they kind of all give you a nod like, yes, we understand. We understand. Okay, so you guys are kind of out on the balcony, feather token in hand. Tell me what you're doing. I'll I'll look at the others and say, ho, ho, ho. Just going to jump off the edge. (laughs) It's about, yeah, it's about 30 feet up, so. Does this token apply to all of us? Yeah, Featherfall, you can cast on a group. Okay, I I wasn't sure. He just does it to himself, that's it. No, Featherfall, the spell, it says when you fall at least 20 feet while the token is on your person, you descend 60 feet per round and take no damage from falling. Oh, wait, maybe it is just, you know what? Then I would like to, I'll, I'll say, rope, rope. I'll point it, I'll point it, uh, Havarti, and say, rope. No, no, I think it's funnier. I'm just like, Featherfall, and I jump. I just jump off. I'm so the- sorry, guys. <laughs> I just jump <laughs> off of the balcony, and I'm like waiting for myself to like, to slow. Yeah, you're not slowing down at all. But it is not. How high is it up? It's like 30 feet. So, Okay, yeah, I just, I jumped 30 feet and I guess I hit the ground. Uh, you take 11 points of bludgeoning damage oh. from the snow. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Colby, I don't think the token worked. I'm like floating down. I'm like, I don't know what, what went wrong. It's like, maybe you're too heavy? That makes a lot of sense. I'm pretty big. I'm not it's your big like heart. a bird. It's your it's big, my heart. big heart. It's my big heart. It was too big. <laughs> then, like, the rope is just, like, gently letting me yeah. down. My the rope God, why climbing. don't you remind me about easily... that rope? <laughs> you jumped. I don't know what else to tell you. So then I give two tugs on the rope. I look to you. I was like, wait, where's little buddy? And you don't, you don't have him. And then you just see little buddy jump off of the balcony and there's a present left behind, and in a huge a shattered explosion um, blows up because I cast my last spell, um, and it does 
It, it does 16 points of damage to the balcony as it blows up. And you see little buddy come flying down. In that moment, H4, you remember, because uh, you've never really done this before, but the, the sleigh has a homing beacon that can tie to your arm as well. Perfect. Yeah, so then I'll put as soon as it as soon as I see him jump, I hit the button for the sleigh to come pick us up. Yeah. It just kind of like flies down towards you guys, kind of hovering off of the ground. You guys jump in, explosion, you hear entering in as you're flying away, you see all of the reindeer, some of them just like exploding out of existence, but all of them are starting to like huff and gore and try and kill, you know, slow the frosting down enough. And you see kind of off in the distance as you are leaving, you see some of the wyverns trying to keep up with you, but they don't. And you see the Frost King just kind of come out and say and like shake his fist at you from his now exploded balcony. And you make your way back across the arctics of Austera to the floating North Pole with Kringle, having successfully saved Christmas for all of the children that are on the naughty and the Niceless. Had you not, who knows what implications that would have had, but you have successfully thwarted the plans of the Frost King of stealing the Naughty and Niceless. So, well done. Yule Team 6, yeah! well done. Someone's got to have a good sign-off catchphrase, right? Something very... Okay, hands in, hands in. Hands in. Hands in. Santify on three. One, two, three. Santify! Santify!